Welcome to Utah Silvestre, a four-part mini-series of the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance Wild Utah podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Juarez. This is episode four. It's also available in Spanish. Si quieres escuchar este capítulo en español, seleccione el título en español. In the past three episodes of Utah Silvestre, we've established a few things. You are a public land steward. Millions of acres of canyons, mountains, and valleys administered by federal agencies are held in trust for you and the American public. In Utah, 8.4 million acres of those lands are out there in their natural state, and they're overseen by the Bureau of Land Management, the BLM. Through the passage of a bill in Congress called America's Red Rock Wilderness Act, these lands can be federally recognized as wilderness areas so they can exist in their natural state forever. As a member of the public, you are allowed to make your support for conserving nature known. And as a community, we're counting on each other to do this. So, in this final episode of Utah Silvestre, we'll answer these questions. What difference do I make when I support wilderness conservation? How are Hispanics and Latinos affected? And how do I get to know America's Red Rock Wilderness myself? After this episode, you'll feel more encouraged to make our world a better place by speaking up for wilderness, and you'll have new knowledge to enjoy the beautiful wildernesses we're fortunate to have in Utah. The lands need your advocacy because there are competing uses that can permanently damage the clean air, water, healthy soil, vegetation, sacred places, archaeological sites, subjects of scientific inquiry like fossils and geological sites, the innumerable activities you can do on public land like hunting, camping, or hiking, and their ability to mitigate catastrophic climate change and protect biodiversity. Each of these are incredible gifts that public lands give us as long as we allow them to grow into the future in their natural state, changed primarily by the elements. But the elements are not the only forces that can change the landscape. Unfortunately, the activities that people want to do in wilderness or the things they want from it are not always intended to leave the landscape better than how they found it. The Bureau of Land Management consistently leases public land for mineral development, oil and methane gas development. They even lease sites with irreplaceable archaeological objects like rock art. In recent years, the BLM has also sought out to execute devastating deforestation plans. They call this kind of activity vegetation management. But that's just a nice way of saying that the BLM would demolish 100-plus-year-old pinyon juniper forests to create fields of non-native grasses and other plants. The Bureau of Land Management is also amid the very important task of making travel management plans that decide where dirt roads go throughout the canyons, valleys, and plateaus of southern Utah. A travel management plan is the difference between a landscape that is actively making our world a better place or a landscape that is so densely crisscrossed with roads that the land has little ability to provide clean air, absorb water, and provide habitat. With these ecological functions diminished, 
also goes the intactness of places for science, history, culture, and pleasure. More roads for motor vehicles means that wildlife can't travel cross-country on their migration paths year after year. The BLM has an incredible opportunity with improving 13 travel management areas across Utah to preserve nuestra herencia, our inheritance and heritage, by making sensible plans that protect wildlands in their natural state. You can learn about each of these issues in more depth in previous episodes of the Wild Utah podcast or on suaorg forward slash newsletter. The BLM is also meant to uphold protecting wilderness areas and other conservation areas in their natural state and make sure that popular recreational and educational sites are well-maintained so that all of the public can enjoy them. The more they hear from people like you that we appreciate the BLM's work in stewarding public lands and all whose lives depend on Red Rock Wilderness, the better of a job they'll do to care for the land. Luckily, Popular opinion among people in the Western U.S., especially Latinos, is that public land should be a solution to the climate crisis, not a part of the problem. In 2022, 87% of Latinos in the State of the Rockies poll by Colorado College said that they support a national goal of protecting 30% of America's land and waters in their natural state by the year 2030. This goal is an answer to the climate crisis and even extinction of life across the world. Studies say that a football field worth of nature is demolished every 30 seconds in the U.S. More than a million species worldwide are at risk of extinction within the next decades because of this problem. The loss of nature, accelerated by climate change, is a threat to our community's health and prosperity. It affects clean air, water, and defenses against severe weather, floods, and wildfires across America. In the United States, only 12% of land is currently protected in its natural state. America's Red Rock Wilderness throughout Utah accounts for 1.5% of the remaining land that needs to be conserved in order to reach the 30% of U.S. land protection goal by 2030. 2030 is a benchmark year to reflect on our past actions and how they will shape the future. When the year 2030 comes, we'll be able to look back on everything we've done in this decade and know from our actions whether our future ahead will be about thriving or just about surviving. Latinos in the West want to see this goal accomplished. To get there, we must keep America's Red Rock Wilderness in its natural state. By protecting the deserts and mountains of Utah, our country also validates the values that Latinos have for public land. 77% of Latinos think that we should maximize land for conservation and recreation rather than energy development. 81% of Latinos support making public lands a net zero source of carbon pollution. When wildlands in Utah are conserved as wilderness, they validate these opinions because they keep carbon in the ground and allow the land to absorb and store the excess atmospheric carbon in the ground as mineral, plant, and soil matter. It's no surprise that Latinos feel this strongly about conservation. 
We are people who have been feeling the effects of climate change for decades. For generations, Latino communities in America have lived with and have been hurt by pollution in our communities, including on public land. What impacts the earth impacts our communities. But for centuries, we've also been people of the land. We are a people of rancheros, farmers, nurses, educators, landscapers, adventurers, and builders. We are a people who spend a lot of time outdoors and over the years have felt more severe heat, seen longer droughts, and witnessed climate change affecting our communities and day-to-day lives. As members of Latino communities globally, we know what we need. We need clean air, water, food, shelter, and all of the resources necessary to live a healthy life. We know that our lives suffer when the earth also suffers. So even now, Latinos, Latinas, Latines, and Latinx are some of the strongest supporters of conserving and healing nature. When more Latino querencia for the mountains, deserts, rivers, canyons, and wild valleys are known by the elected officials who have final word on what happens to public land, our herencia will be protected and future generations everywhere can thrive. Despite all of the support that Latino communities have in their heart for wild places, we don't always have an immediate personal connection with the remote wildlands in southern Utah. So, we're closing this final episode of Utah Silvestre with some information to help you get to know Canyon Country yourself with a very inspiring activist and backpacker, Carlos Prado. My name is Carlos. I'm 33 years old. Some people also call me after Los just because I spent a lot of time outdoors and exploring beautiful Utah and the Sierra Mountains. And I think I've been uh, hiking and backpacking for the last five years. Carlos is going to help us understand what you need to know to have a good time in wilderness. First thing, what should you expect when planning to visit Southern Utah wildlands? The bottom line is that You should expect to see the land as it is with nothing else. A wilderness area will not have buildings, cell phone towers, paved roads, water fountains, and most of the time, toilets. You can expect to lose cell phone service in many places, to have to bring your own water, food, and equipment, and to make sure your vehicle is in good working condition. Since wildernesses are usually in remote areas, you can expect some long day trips or You can plan on multi-day trips with camping in the wilderness or lodging at a nearby town. When you go camping on BLM land, there are two ways to do it. First, by dispersed camping, and second, by using established campgrounds. When camping on the edge of a wilderness on land cared for by the Bureau of Land Management, you are typically in a dispersed camping environment, also known as dry camping or boondocking. This means that you're being self-supported on your camping trip, bringing everything you need to be comfortable and taking everything out with you, including trash and human waste. This is where leave no trace principles apply. Typically when dry camping, you will camp at a previously disturbed site, meaning a spot that looks like you're not the first, second, or even third visitor to camp there. Usually these sites are located right off of a main dirt road There will be a spot to park your vehicle and a spot for tents. They are dispersed throughout public land and generally unmarked. 
There will seldom be a sign to tell you that you've arrived to your destination. Your clues are what you see. So the best way to have an idea of where to go beforehand is to contact the respective Bureau of Land Management field office directly to get advice on where you can do dispersed camping. Different BLM offices take care of different regions of public land in Utah. Visit blm.gov forward slash Utah to identify which office you should call and make sure to look at their popular links page to see maps and other travel information. The way Carlos puts it, it's just about knowing the general area you're going before you leave and knowing what you need to bring to be comfortable, even a shower if you'd like. The first part would be where are you going to camp, right? And make sure that it's like a area that you know you can pinpoint and find a campsite or have a campsite ready. I think bringing things like water with you and yummy snacks and have a little stove where you can cook dinner at night, I think that goes a long way. A lot of people, they're like, I don't want to go camping because I, I can't shower, right? And there's a lot of creative ways out there that you can have a luxurious shower after your hikes. There are little bags that you can hang on a tree and then they warm up for you while you're hiking. And when you come back, you can use it to shower. If you're fairly new to camping, we recommend that you try camping at an established campsite first. You can check out the Bureau of Land Management's interactive mat to locate established campsites such as the Wedge Overlook campsite in Emory County, Utah. Established campsites will usually come with a fire ring, a table, and sometimes will have a pit toilet. However, you should call the local BLM office to make sure that the toilets are working because they're usually closed seasonally. You can visit the BLM's website or recreation.gov to learn about what amenities are provided at popular destinations like campsites and trailheads. Regardless of where you're camping in either of these scenarios, they will both require you to be prepared. The nice thing about car camping is that, you know, you can bring as much stuff fits on your car. So make sure you have a chair, make sure you have some firewood if you're uh, camping in the winter. Um, Obviously, make sure that you're familiar with the leave no trace principles and follow those, whether you are uh, dry camping or backpacking. I think that's really important as well. And just have fun, you know, I feel like that's, that's if you're with your family, you're out in the wilderness, having fun is like the number one thing. There are places you can visit in Southern Utah that don't require quite as much preparation to go out and have a good time too. They include trailheads and other fun places to explore that are nearby towns with lodging. These kinds of sites are searchable on the BLM's interactive map and other useful maps, such as those that are created by National Geographic. National parks, national monuments, and other public lands on the map reserved for recreation and conservation are also really great options to get outside and connect with nature. And yes, you can even experience these special places without needing to go camping. So it's absolutely fine to stay at a hotel because you still get to drive to that trailhead and spend those few hours outside. And that's what really matters is just being able to get outside And you spend a few hours on trail. That's maybe all you need for that day to get that reset. So I don't think there's anything wrong with staying at a hotel and seeking wilderness on a day-to-day basis. Like it doesn't have to be, you have to go camping or you have to go backpacking. I don't think that's necessary. You know, everybody's comfortable at different levels. No matter where or how you connect with public land, you're benefiting by getting outside. 
The physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual rewards will be huge as long as you allow yourself to take in the gifts of nature with each of your senses. It's about relating with nature and with the people you go out there with. It's about remembering what matters to you and who you are. That's what you get out of visiting wilderness. So now the big question, where should you go? The options are almost limitless, so we hope to point you in the right direction. These are places you can see for yourself with a little bit of guidance that gives you everything that Utah Wilderness has to offer. We have six places in mind. Five of them are Utah's national parks, Arches, Zion, Capitol Reef, Bryce, and Canyonlands. One is a national monument, Dinosaur National Monument. Carlos has a favorite spot to tell you about. What I always recommend people to go to is Capitol Reef. It's a hidden gem where you get to experience the beauty, the beauty of Utah, the beautiful red rock. You get to see some Native American sites, some ancient sites, and it's fairly accessible. And something cool that you can do in Capitol Reef in the fall, they still have some fruit trees, like apple trees that are, they're still keeping and still you know growing and stuff. In the fall, you can actually go in and pick up fresh apples from the garden capital reef and you can enjoy fresh fruit i think that's unique not a lot of national parks offer that national parks are managed by the u.s national park service so people of all abilities and ages can take respite in the breathtaking scenery that the parks protect between these locations you get some of everything dinosaur fossils rock art rivers historic dwellings forests slot canyons arches big, wide, tall red rock canyons, wildlife, education about these places and all that inhabit them, and more. SUA works to make sure our national parks and monuments are respected by resisting oil and methane gas leasing of surrounding public lands and turning poor motorized vehicle travel plans into reasonable and respectful travel plans on the lands that surround these national parks and monuments. In these national parks and Dinosaur National Monument, you stand upon land that is cared for by the National Park Service. But at any high point, as you look out into the red rock and sandstone vistas extending into the horizon, you're usually looking upon BLM land. And that land is usually America's red rock wilderness. Places that have the same spirit and character of the protected area in the parks, but without federal appreciation of the invaluable wildness of these public lands. These locations are great places to make a day trip out to explore if you're nearby, or spend more time to make sure you can do everything via camping or lodging in a nearby town. Websites such as visitutah.com and websites hosted by the National Park Service and Bureau of Land Management give information on sites that you don't want to miss, as well as lodging, how to be prepared, and what you can expect. Other information sources that are useful for your trip planning include National Geographic maps and ranger stations and information centers at the parks and national monument. With that, I challenge you to look up Dinosaur National Monument or a national park in Utah and start planning your dream Utah wilderness trip. You never know how your life can change from writing some ideas down. Take it from Carlos. You'll thank yourself later. I think once you start visiting these wild places, 
and they start to mean something to you, you just develop a passion and love to protect these places just because you want others to experience what you have experienced. So when you hear, you know, they're maybe trying to develop certain sections of a monument that you love, or they're trying to build a highway through this beautiful red rock wilderness, that kind of hurts a little when you hear that or see a proposal. When you love something, you want to protect it, right? Whether it's a family member or friends, and it's the same thing for these beautiful places that you visit. So I think it's important to advocate for these places. Because like I said, I want to be able, like my friends or kids from tomorrow, be able to find these places and have that reset that I have. You know, the world just keeps getting crazier and crazier. And I think it's extremely important to have wilderness. Now, the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance is first and foremost an advocate for wilderness. We're not normally a source on how to be prepared or where to go in Utah wilderness. But here's a tip. You will learn a lot if you participate in a backcountry stewardship project. Check those out on sua.org forward slash stewardship. Still, we think it's important for any of you who haven't spent time on public land in southern Utah before to get an idea of where you can start. I say this because I know from experience that once you connect with the sandstone, you may never be the same again especially now that you know that the existence of these places in their natural state are not a given. In fact, I bet you will fall so deeply in love with Canyon Country that you will want to get involved in defending the land and honoring these sacred places. Thankfully, social media makes it easy to do just that. In fact, I met Carlos on Instagram through our shared love for Red Rock Wilderness and protecting the lands from being destroyed. That's how I found out about SUA. It was just randomly through social media where I was able to connect with people from um, that organization and, you know, just do some volunteer event and be able to give back to these places that I love so much and they mean a lot to me. So I think it's really, really important that if you love these places to take the time to protect them and to advocate for them. This is just what we're asking you to do. Visit Southern Utah, heal with and learn from the land, and then help make a difference for the mountains and deserts by advocating for America's Red Rock Wilderness Act. You can do so by texting the words Utah Silvestre to the number 52886 and following the link, or by visiting sua.org and joining our email list. Doing so really matters. We only use it to inform you about Utah Wilderness opportunities to submit public comments to the BLM, or ask members of Congress for the support of the Red Rock Wilderness Act. We also have occasional updates for other resources you might want to know about, like scholarships and backcountry stewardship projects. In the words of the Dalai Lama, there's a little bit of wise selfishness going on here too. He says, By nature, every human being loves oneself, but by helping another, you are building your own happy future. We should be wise selfish rather than foolish selfish. Getting involved to protect wilderness is also about what you get from it. Truly, it just feels good to give your time and energy to nature. When you go in and you volunteer, giving back to these places that have given me so much, it feels amazing. So you just get 
for me personally, I get satisfaction from making these places even better than um, they were before, right? So you get to just make it beautiful, make it better for everybody else. This is what querencia looks like. Querencia is a word that refers to a love for the land. And one of the land's love languages is spoken through acts of service. You can show your love for the land by participating in our call to action. Text the letters A-R-R-W-A to the number 52886 and follow the link to ask your U.S. House representative and senators to co-sponsor America's Red Rock Wilderness Act. The way Rebecca Chavez Hauk put it, we really need Latino voices leading the charge to protect our futures through public land. We want you to have your voice. La voz es poder. Your voice is your power. And I've loved the notion of more Latino members being involved in these public processes because, again, you're bringing a voice and a perspective that others may have not have heard or even considered when decisions are made, either at a local or a national level. And sometimes there's an assumption, especially when we're thinking out protections of federal public lands, that it's so far away or so dissonant from where Latino communities exist. And so if you live in those communities or if you enjoy those communities recreationally, or even if you, you know, there's this notion of protecting from development, but people don't think about it holistically necessarily about when we protect the land, even if we're not recreating on land, even if we're just really focusing on wilderness, how that benefits air quality, how it benefits quality water, how it benefits the ecosystems that thrive on it. And the notion that the more that we develop and then all of these various ecosystems, the biodiversity of these spaces of animals and of plants, birds that depend on protecting and keeping things protected and how that affects us. And so that's why it's so, so, so important for us to think and to share about the intergenerational stewardship that many of our communities have in the Southwest in particular, and to share that. Or even if you're someone that's new to our country, to share how your perspective of the natural world colors who you are and where you, where you bring that sense of stewardship. I hope this podcast has inspired you to start your own relationship with public lands in Utah. We here at SUA want you to know that you are a public land owner, and that matters because public lands take care of you. They take care of us and give life. They are significant to Latino, Latina, and Latinx cultura. It matters to recognize that because our Latino communities have incredible power to ensure that on public land, our stories are told. With public land, we control our futures, including our ability to thrive in the face of the climate emergency. We hope that you're inspired to get outside and connect with the land in Southern Utah, as well as the people you go with. As much as we depend on wilderness lands, they need us too. The clock is ticking. Climate disaster is just going to get worse and biodiversity will keep disappearing if we don't do anything. 
Please act now para la protección de Utah Silvestre. Utah Silvestre and the Wild Utah podcast is recorded at SUA's main office in Salt Lake City on equipment purchased through the generosity of our members. SUA is primarily member funded. Over 90% of our revenue comes directly from people who care for Southern Utah's Red Rock country. We're proud of that because it keeps our voice independent. If you can financially help protect Wild Utah today, please head to SUA.org and click the donate button. Thank you for your support. The theme music for Utah Silvestre is Quasi Motion by Kevin McLeod, featuring a red-winged blackbird. Cover art is by Mariela Mendoza. Editing is by Stephanie Garcia of Pro Artes Mexico and Laura Boroshevsky. The producer and co-host is Olivia Juarez. Co-hosting and Spanish translations are by Amy Dominguez. To stay informed about Hispanic and Latino-led wilderness advocacy, visit us at sua.org forward slash silvestre. We can't protect Wild Utah without you. To get involved, text the words Utah Silvestre to the number 52886 and follow the link. SUA is on Facebook, on Instagram and TikTok at Protect Wild Utah, and on Twitter at Southern UT Wild. Please follow us and subscribe to Wild Utah wherever you listen to podcasts. On behalf of SUA, I'm Olivia Juarez. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We hope you can join us for the next episode of Wild Utah.